0: James already said it, but it is the month of May. Who's putting their garden in this month? Two, three, four, just a few people, five. You're putting in five gardens? No, (laughs) just kidding. Yeah, awesome. I love walking through people's gardens (coughs) and seeing how with some kind of superhuman power, they've grown these tiny green life forms because I have my own superpower. Now, I don't want to make anybody jealous, because I was just born this way, but I can kill any plant almost (laughs) immediately just by taking care of it. You think I'm joking. (laughs) Greg and I joke about this, that if we actually want to keep any of our plants alive, I should stay away from them, and he can take care of them. (laughs) So about a month ago, I decided to plant some grass in the backyard. And I talked to a professional landscaper, and I thought, you know, Only mortals can do this. Like, I gotta put this superhuman power away and just grow some grass. So how do I do it? And I got some advice, and I bought the very best soil I could find, and I bought a whole bunch of grass seed. Like, maybe two bags of it for not a very big space. (laughs) And there was so much grass seed on it, you could hardly see the soil underneath. And I raked it, and I did all the things right. And the birds came, and they covered it, and they paid the bird tax twice. But there was so much seed that I wasn't worried at all. And almost every day, no, every day, multiple times a day, I would get up and I would run and look outside. Any life yet? Anything there? No, it's only been a day. Okay, nothing happens in a day. So the next day, I get up and run out. Any life yet? No, just tons of seed and tons of birds. But it was okay. But then, a few weeks went by, and there was still nothing. And I was like, I got I to get online. So how long does it take for grass to grow? Oh, two to three weeks. Okay, I'm at that point. But it can take up to a month. So I relaxed. And while I was looking at how long it will take my grass to grow, I started learning about how seeds germinate. Now, this is really interesting. Maybe you already know it, but... Humor me. So you put the seed into the ground, first step. You water it. And then as the seed begins to absorb the water slowly, it softens and it breaks open. And something comes out of the seed and it grows down into the dirt and becomes the root system. And another thing, I forget the professional name, comes out of the seed, and it breaks through the surface and grows some leaves, and it becomes the plant that you see above the ground. And I thought, oh, this is so interesting. And I looked at the seeds on my, on my lawn, and I thought, so only the ones that break open and die, really, are the ones that are going to live. All these other seeds, at that point it was all of them, <laughs> aren't going to break open and and, and create new life. And while I was learning about this, I was reminded of one of my favorite Bible verses. And let's read it together. It's in John 12. And Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's predicting his death. He says, "'The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. "'I tell you the truth, "'unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies.'" it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. In this verse, Jesus is the seed and he's referring to himself that he is going to die and his body will fall into the ground. But because he did that, he produced more life. And he tells us to do the same, that we are to be like seeds that lay down our life, break open so we can be transformed and become something new. I grew up in a Christian home, but I was about 12 years old when I started to have this dialogue with God and a relationship with Him. My mom had decided to homeschool my two younger brothers, and she gave me the option. I could homeschool or I can keep going to school. And I felt God tugging on my heart to homeschool. Just to put this into context, be gracious to 12-year-old Melissa, because I know it seems trivial, but for me at the time, going to school was my whole world. I loved going to school and being with my friends and having that social life. And so I said, oh, God, no, not that. I'll give you, I could give you like anything else, but just not that. Please. And I think that because God knew how important it was to me, he asked me for it. And he said, Melissa, I want all of you. I want everything. So long story short, I homeschooled. And a few years later, it was time to go back to public school. I was going into grade 10, and I was so excited. You know, after homeschooling, I didn't have much hopes of being popular. <laughs> but I really wanted to make some friends. And at the bare minimum, I just wanted to fit in. So first day of class in grade 10, my English teacher stands up and says, next week you're going to bring two items to school, like show and tell, and you're going to explain how they represent who you truly are. And I almost physically plugged my ears right there in class because I was like, no, God, no. I know what you wanted me to bring, and I didn't want to do it. I was like... It would be social suicide. I haven't even made any friends yet. I just really, really want this. Please, I can't bring my Bible. Oh, and he knew how important it was to me. So he said, Melissa, I want everything. I want all of you. So the next week, I brought my Bible, and I brought my music book, and I stood up in my public high school and said, I'm a Christian, <laughs> and the Bible represents my relationship with God. And yeah, it kind of was social suicide, you know? It takes <laughs> sacrifice to obey the Lord. It's not a Disney fairy tale movie where it all kind of turns out in the end. That's coming. Um... I had some good friends, but it was, I got some labels. It was okay. It was okay. But fast forward a few years, and now I'm going to university, and guess what? First day of social work class, my professor stands up and says, next week, you are going to bring poster boards and with words all over them, and the bigger the word, the more it defines your identity and who you are. And we're gonna share them with the class to get to know each other. And I thought, a third time you are asking me, will you identify with me? And I was prepared. You know, at that time I said, I did this in elementary school, I did this in high school, And I'm going to do it again. And he often asks us multiple times. Because he knows with what we're attached to, it takes a long time sometimes to give those things up. And so I stood up in a very anti-Christian environment. And I said, I'm a Christian. And the word that I put the biggest on my poster board was faith. And I said, my faith in God is my defining characteristic. And I had a few Christians, I had one Christian anyways, come up to me after class and said, thank you for sharing that. I was so afraid. But now I think I can talk about what I believe as well when it's time to share. And it just felt like I could identify with that verse where like a seed that goes into the ground and and we break open and surrender these things in our life that are so important. And he's asked me for things since then. I don't have time to share all of them. And sometimes I surrendered and sometimes I didn't. But it's always better when we do. So as I'm looking at the seeds on my lawn, I think, you know what? If I just put these on my countertop, they're not going to just break open, right? They need the perfect environment. And I'm not a good gardener, but God is a perfect gardener. And he has created the perfect environment for us to have relationship with him. It's, the Bible says he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. He went first as the first seed. And he has given us everything we need to surrender, to lay down our own lives. And so as seeds soak in water, what do we soak in, because seeds don't just break open. We need him. And as the water is to the seed, so his love and his forgiveness are to us, that when we soak in his love for us and we receive inside of us that forgiveness, as we let it permeate every part of our being... We can absorb him and his life and that is how we soften and we can break open and surrender and lay down our own life. I want to tell you a story about a little girl who loved her father very much and the father really loved her. And one day... He bought her a beautiful plastic pearl necklace. And she loved it. She wore it every day. She even wore it to bed at night. And one one night, he came in to tuck her in. And he said, I love you. Oh, I love you too, Daddy. Yeah. "And, And I see you really love your necklace. Oh, yes, it's the most important thing to me, Daddy. I love my necklace. And he said, yeah. Can I have it? Oh, no no daddy not my necklace but and she looked around and she grabbed a toy but you can have this I'll give you this it's okay sweetheart and he tucked her in go to sleep a few nights later he comes back and he's tucking her into bed again I love you oh I love you too daddy can I have your necklace no not my pearls Oh, Daddy, these are so important to me. You gave these to me. But here, you can have this. And she offers him something else again. And the dad tucks her in. It's okay, sweetheart. A few nights later, he comes back in to tuck her in again. And she's sitting on her bed, and she's just clenching her pearl necklace so tightly. And it looks like she's about to burst into tears. And she says, Oh, Daddy. I love my pearl necklace. Yes, honey. And she holds it up and says, but I love you more. She opens her hand and the dad takes the necklace from her. And out of his back pocket, he brings a beautiful velvet case and inside is a real pearl necklace. And he says, I've just been waiting for you to give me your plastic so I can give you this. And the girl was so excited. It was beautiful and she wore it all the time. And she was able to soak and absorb in her dad's love for her and her love for him. And it is what helped her surrender the thing that was so important to her. And you know, she didn't even understand the value of those real pearls. Just like we don't even really understand the value of what God has given us. But he says this to us. Will you give me your plastic pearls that will not last? That have no ultimate value. So I can give you this. What will last forever and what has Everlasting value. The last few weeks, we've had some baptisms in our services, and they've been so exciting. Because baptism, like the seed, represents how somebody goes under the water, lays down their life, and comes back up new, with new life. When we go under, we identify with Christ and in his death. And like seeds, we are immersed and we are transformed. John the Baptist baptized with water, but he said, someone greater than me is coming and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And the word baptism means to immerse. Like seeds, absorbing, soaking, immersed in the Holy Spirit. Pastor Sam uses the analogy of a pickle and a cucumber. So you take a cucumber and you put it in the pickling solution and very slowly it absorbs, it is immersed, it is baptized, and it changes, it's transformed into a pickle. And so like seeds, we need to be immersed in his spirit and in his love, and then we can soften and break open. Jesus said, go and make disciples of everyone and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if you've given your life to the Lord and you haven't been baptized, it's like one of the first steps to publicly, to physically do something that identifies you with Christ and that you are laying down your life and you will follow as he did And do it physically because it represents what's happening spiritually. And if you have been baptized, if you have given your life to the Lord, like me, like all of us, I'm sure there are places in our life that are not surrendered. Where we haven't been able to soften and break open And give up that part. Because like little seeds that were just hanging on to our life. I just want to keep this life form as it is. It's so important to me. I can't give it up. Just like I read the Bible verse earlier in John. It goes on that after we've laid down our lives. After we've followed him and we are Immersed or break open, then, like plants that burst out of the ground, it says in John 12, 26, where I am, there my servant will be also. So a sunflower turns towards the sun, it's constantly following the sun. And this is how we need to be with the Lord that after we have been transformed, we seek him, always looking. So God is here loving people. So I'm here loving people. God is forgiving, so I'm forgiving. God is serving, so I am serving. Whatever my God is doing, I'm there. Following him. And in John fifteen nine, it says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. So he has loved us and immersed us in his love. And we have been able to break open and be transformed. Now we produce more life. We love others the way we have been loved. Immerse them in love, in forgiveness. John 13, 34 says, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Well, how has God loved us? I can think of a few words. Unrelenting. Graciously. Always, always pursuing with a a love that waits and waits and waits and suffers a long time. As we have been loved, we are to love as well. Because where I am there, my servant will be also. And you might think, how do I do this? I mean, it kind of sounds time-consuming, and it kind of sounds like, what if people just ask too much of me? What if I just give so much away that I'm totally burnt out? What about boundaries? you know, we all talk about having boundaries, healthy boundaries. Okay. I've thought about this and this is what I feel about boundaries. They are for people. They are not for God. We put up healthy boundaries with people, but God, he gets everything. We don't put up boundaries with God and say, I can only give you this much. If I give you any more, I'm, it's too much. He says, I want everything. I want all of you, every single part. And boundaries separate us from God. That's what a boundary does. And so if we haven't laid down everything, if we haven't surrendered everything, we have a boundary. God, you can only have this much. You can have this, or you can have this... I can't ever give you this. God wants nothing in between us. And he wants it so much that the important things to you are usually what he asks you for. He doesn't want anything in between us so much that he died to remove everything that separated us from him. Sin and shame he doesn't want anything in between us so much that he made it the first of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other God before me. You shall have nothing in between us. If we hold on to our lives, we will lose them. Like the seeds on my lawn, I do have some little patches of grass, popping up because it's been over a month now, (laughs) right? Um, But there are so many that didn't break open, and they're not going to produce any life. They will remain in their present form of life, and eventually, the professional landscaper told me this, they will die. (laughs) They will rot away. Only the one who hates his life in this world. And what that means is who esteems it not, who lays it down, who breaks open and is transformed will have everlasting life. And it is Jesus Christ's life that we soak in and his love for us and his forgiveness that changes us. So... What areas of your life have not broken open to the Lord? That he maybe is putting on your mind, I want all of you. I want everything. And you say, oh God, no, not that. Anything but that. I'll give you this instead. (laughs) I don't want anything in between us. I want to invite Greg up to lead us in a song in response to this because I believe that God is speaking and that he's putting things on our mind. And maybe it's not a specific area of your life that you haven't surrendered yet. Maybe it's the whole thing. If you want to be baptized, come talk to me or or Katie or a leader or go to the person that led you to the Lord. It doesn't have to be here, but be baptized. If there's areas of your life that you haven't surrendered, then let's take the time now because remember what the seed needs to break open. We need to absorb and soak in his love. And that is what we're going to do right now. And Jesus, I ask that you would speak to us, that your love would be so tangible and present in this place